It's often a bit mystifying how brands magically go viral overnight. Sometimes they make it big, and other times they crash and burn. Is the road to brand fame and a bump to the bottom line worth the risk? I'm Alexis. And I'm Melissa. And we're just a little obsessed with these marketing moments. So join us as we break down the craziest brand stunts, from how the idea sparked to how the heck they pulled it off. Or didn't, and of course, will it stick? Good morning, Alexis. Good morning. Do you notice anything different about me today? No, not not particular. Just that little milk mustache you've got going on there. Or you, I don't know what it is. Does it bring back memories for you? No. <laughs> not like that, you know. Yeah. I just mean like, you know, it's a milk mustache. Like yeah. this is like... Do you remember all of those ads from our youth? Like, if you're a 90s kid or a you 90s knew. kid, like, you knew. You saw the milk mustache. Like, you knew what it was, right? Yep. I will never forget, like, flipping through the pages of, you know, Seventeen Magazine or YM Magazine and seeing one celebrity after the other smiling with this perfectly placed milk mustache above their lip and the iconic words, got milk, next to them. Don't you remember that? It was like the biggest campaign of my childhood. I know. And everyone who was anyone was featured in these campaigns. It was Britney Spears, Kate Moss, Tyra Banks, Dennis Rodman, and like so many others. Britney Spears? She seems young to be in it. No, she was in it in like 99. Oh, wow. Because that's when she was like out and like hugely popular. Wow. Yeah, crazy. I mean, this campaign played off of pop culture in such a big way. Like, do you remember when Austin Powers came out and they actually like used Mike Myers playing Austin Powers in a campaign? They did the same thing with The Simpsons. Like, yeah. they really played off of every pop culture phenomena, you know, in the 90s. Oh my gosh, it's so crazy. It's bringing back so many memories. It totally is. And I also remember experiencing the Got Milk campaign like in real life. Really? Yeah. Did you ever go to events? In the mid-90s, and you would they would have those Got Milk booths where you would have to get the milk mustache just like I did. No. So I was at the Hot Air Balloon Festival, which used to be in Scottsdale when I was little. Not little, like I was 14. Yeah. And I remember walking around all the vendor booths with my friends, and one of them was the Got Milk booth. And they would like blend up this like shake, and you would have to put on the perfect milk mustache and take a Polaroid picture. And probably, like, won a prize or something. But they actually, like, activated it at events, too. That's so cool. It's weird because I don't remember, like, going – we take our kids to festivals and all of that. I don't remember ever doing that as a kid, which is odd. It is. It was super cool. I actually saw a stat that said 90% of U.S. consumers have seen some form of this campaign. 90%. Oh, yeah. I would say almost 100. There's no way – Like, people wouldn't know about it. No. Our generation, at least. Well, I even think, I mean, not like our kids, but yeah, I mean, Got Milk is like, that's the huge, the slogan, everything. It's like- It was huge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't drink a lot of milk these days. Do you? No, I don't drink any milk, actually. But you make your kids drink it. Yeah. Caden doesn't drink milk or any of that, except, I mean, he has a cereal, but I mean, I was crazy for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I try to make my kids my- oldest like loves it but my little one who's like the adventurous eater like plugs her nose when she has to drink it she's like not into it i used to like milk with ice when i was little oh that's is weird. that weird 
I mean, I guess like a milkshake, like you could blend it up. So I guess it's the same, but then it gets watered Watery. down. I know. Yeah. So gross. Weird. Well, this campaign was iconic for so many reasons. So of course, I wanted to know all the details. Like how did it start? Who was behind it? And how did it work? Like, did it work? Did it work? And then yeah. like, why did it stop? Because there was a period of time when I remember like not seeing it as often. Oh, yeah. I just was curious. Well, because I remember all of the ads and then it was like behind that black screen, right? Or it was like a black room or something. I It's hard to remember. But yeah, yeah it was all in your face and then it was gone. Yeah. Why? So, we'll talk about it. Okay. And also, excuse my voice today, it's not COVID. I'm just recovering from a cold. <laughs> I sound it's like so a man. It's so funny how the world is, to, you know, Dylan has a sore throat and fever. And everyone's like, did you get a COVID test? And I'm oh like, my God. strep throat still exists. Like everything still exists. COVID's not just like the only thing. So totally it's hilarious. Yeah, but, but I'm good. So I'm not worried. Okay. So Lex, let's go back to 1993. 93. Okay. Do let you me remember? think where I am in 93. Let me just give you a few little, let me give you some things to jog your memory. It was the year of Jurassic Park. Bill Clinton was sworn in for his first term. Okay. 90210 was like at the height of its just like oh, hugeness. Okay. And fashion actually looked a lot like it does today. It was high-waisted jeans, it was a lot of plaid and belly shirts. Okay, so I must have been 13-ish. No. I don't even know. You were born in 82, so you were 12. 12. Yeah. Crazy. Because I'm just picturing my outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I remember shopping at this store called Rave. Did you have Rave in LA? No. Oh, it was like the cheapest, chachiest, like, I don't even know what to compare it to. Like, it was not anything. It was probably like, what's that store right now online? Shien? Oh, it's Shen. like yeah. where everyone shops and gets cheap stuff. It was like that. And I got in sixth grade. That was when I, I was in sixth grade in 93. I got a crop top that I would wear under overalls. And my mom was like, um you're not wearing that to school. Like I went shopping with my friends and brought that home like as a school oh, outfit. I got sent home two times for wearing, because that's how we'd try to get away with it. We'd wear like the backless shirts that oh, it was yeah. no back. It would just be like a handkerchief over your boobs. And then, which I had no boobs ever. And so it was even pointless. And you'd tie it and it was just the overalls. And I remember we had like our disciplinarian. She wasn't the principal, but it was Miss Ricewaster. She was evil. <laughs> Isn't it funny how you'll never forget those names? Evil. And I was like, my mom, I remember being threatened, like, you ever go to Ricewaster? Because my brother was always in it. <laughs> and she's like, you're in so much trouble. Of course. I remember she pulled Holly and I by the backs of our overalls and walked <laughs> us in. And she's like, I'm calling your mom. And my mom was like, you know, she wore all that shit. So I wasn't really in trouble, but it was the funniest thing. She's like, I told you not to wear that. So she had to come and bring a sweatshirt for me to wear at school. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Well, aside from the fashion, in 1993, the California Milk Processor Board was looking for new creative strategies to boost milk sales. In the mid-90s, there was like a rush of new juices, fruit drinks, iced teas, coffee drinks, soft drinks. Like they all hit the market and like they were all the rage. And therefore, Californians were drinking less milk every year. Oh my gosh. Yep. So actually, milk consumption per capita in California had dropped 6% between 1987 and 1992. So prior to 1993, the advertising for milk in California was paid for by the National Dairy Board and the California Milk Advisory Board. 
And together, those two organizations were spending like $13 million per year to promote like the statewide consumption of milk. Wow. Okay. But sounds like a lot of money for like one beverage in one state, but it's not compared to PepsiCo and Coca-Cola who were spending anywhere around like $100 million in 1992 to advertise just one drink, like Coca-Cola, you know? Yeah. So milk, that little 12 or 13 million wasn't going very far. I mean, I don't watch TV anymore, but I, I significantly remember, and I don't drink soda, but I remember the Coca-Cola ads were so cool. Mm-hmm. And I, that's why everyone was so into it. Totally. Well, like I said, dairy farmers just could not compete with those big dollars. So the California Department of Food and Agriculture decided to jump in and save the day. They formed a new group, and that group was called the California Milk Processor Board. Okay. I mean, cool name, right? (laughs) Can't get more creative. And they were the ones who smartly realized they needed to bring in some outside help to, like, make milk cool. Okay. Okay? So they had a new budget, and it was $23 million. And remember, this is just for California. We're just talking California. Okay. So... The Cali Milk Processor Board called on the San Francisco-based agency, Goodby, Silverstein, and Partners, who, ironically, we talked about last week um, with Tostitos. Crazy. Okay. Yeah. So the agency needed something big, something cool. It's kind of hard to market a commodity. Milk is a commodity. Yeah. You know? So, like, they weren't that excited about it, to be honest. They were kind of like, milk? Like, how do we make this fun and cool, you know? It's like if someone came to you and said, like, can you market butter? <laughs> like the category, just yeah, butter. You that know? would be hard. be weird. So the first thing the agency did was host a focus group because they were like, we need to learn more about like this, just the milk situation in California. So they selected a group and they asked them to not consume milk for a week leading up to the focus group. Okay. The agency's goal was to gather information about milk habits that would inspire ideas. So when the participants showed up, they were kind of annoyed about the lack of milk in their lives for the past week. In fact, one guy owned up to the fact that he almost cheated. He woke up one day, he poured his cereal, he sliced his bananas on top, and then he went to pour in the milk and then he remembered the commitment he had made. And he had an ethical debate with himself. He was like, do I eat the cereal with no milk or do I just pour a little milk in there and tell a little white lie? I actually don't know what he did, but I know (laughs) that that sparked a crazy conversation in the room and it really took off among all of the participants. You know, they all felt this emotional connection to the everyday staple. Like, and if they couldn't have it, it was frustrating for them. Yeah. I mean, really, anytime you're used to consuming or, like, using something every day, it's weird to stop. Like, as humans, we're creatures of habit. And it's really hard to break a habit, like, good or bad, right? Exactly. So the agency, led by one of the partners, his name was John Steele, thought long and hard about this concept. And he had a hunch that this was it. The concept of milk being a critical everyday staple that we were emotionally attached to was something that he could anchor the campaign with. Like, he knew there was something there. So immediately, John and his team realized that there had been a big mistake in the previous advertising efforts for California milk. Like, those campaigns were targeted at people who did not consume milk. They were trying to, like, get new people into milk. 
But he realized, based on this new research, that they should be targeting people who were already milk drinkers. Yeah, to drink more milk. To drink more milk or, like, remind them of, like, why they like milk and, like, why it's important. So it also illustrated for them that milk is usually consumed with something else and that the only time that people really think twice about milk is when they've run out of it. Like, oh my gosh. You don't ever think about it, right? Otherwise. So now that they had data from the focus group, they got to work. And you know me, Lex. Like, I like to imagine how these big ideas are born. So just bear with me, okay? Yeah. I imagine, like, they're all sitting in a conference room. And it's, it's 1993. So it's probably, like, really all a bunch of wood, don't you think? Yeah. Like, heavy wood conference table. Maybe some wood like paneling. mahogany. Mahogany. <laughs> <laughs> and I imagine there's, like, gallons of milk in the middle of the table. Like, like with condensation, like, <laughs> sitting around the bottom. I'm, like, curious what milk brand was, like, It wasn't any brand. Fo- it was the California Milk Board. It was, like, they just all milk in California. Okay. So John shared his findings in this meeting with the rest of the partners, Jeff Goodby and Rich Silverstein, and a few other creatives. So they were going to make a move onto, like, the next steps portion of the meeting, and one of the women in the room, her name was Tara Winkler, she asked Jeff Goodby, like, what he wanted to call this next part of the meeting. Because I, I think she was taking notes. Okay. And he's like, I don't know. It's about running out of milk. Why don't we call it got milk with a question mark? So Tara wrote those words, got milk, question mark, on a big piece of foam core, and they hung it on the wall. So the team was staring at this the entire meeting. And Jeff Goodby kept imagining early ideas for commercials that ended with that, like, odd little tagline that just... Seemed really basic. You know, one of But the, it's like makes you it makes you think. It does. So he recalled one idea where a cookie truck and a milk truck are in like a, a high speed pursuit on the highway. And as the chase progresses, it's revealed that the man driving the cookie truck has a mouthful of cookies and he just needs the milk. That's why he's chasing the milk truck. So like all these ideas just kept coming to him and coming to him. Okay. And these early sessions really planted the seeds for the Got Milk campaign's approach. And the approach was focused on what they called deprivation marketing. Okay. Interesting. So instead of pushing milk on customers, the agency was going to sell the lack of milk. Oh, smart. Interesting, right? Like super opposite of what had ever been done for milk, but also in advertising. In advertising in general, everyone wants to be pushing you to buy more. Yeah, totally. So do you happen to remember what the slogan was, Lex, for milk in the 80s? No. After these messages, we'll be right back. I know I should drink milk because it'll help me grow up big. And strong. Milk's got stuff that's good for my bones and stuff that's good for my muscles. And I guess that's okay, but I'm more interested in having fun. That's what makes milk so neat. You can drink a lot of it and it tastes cool. So it can be a real pick-me-up. Milk, it does the body good. Oh yeah, I remember milk. It does the body good. Yep. And that idea was really focused on promoting milk as, like, a thing you need for healthy bones and muscles, right? Yeah. But this new concept of deprivation marketing was the total opposite. It wasn't about milk being good for you or the physical benefits. It was about the fact that it was a necessary companion to the food to complete your meal. 
Love it. Yeah. So the next step for the agency was to prove that this direction was the way to go to the client. And that's not always easy. Yeah. We know. <laughs> so the agency did something kind of cool to prove this. Okay. They went into their break room and they installed a hidden camera inside the fridge. Okay. Then they emptied all of the milk gallon, like milk cartons, so there was no milk in them, and they shut the door. And so the next morning when all of the staffers came in and to like make their coffee, remember it was 93, so like there wasn't fancy schmancy coffee. It was like, it was like black coffee and you poured no some milk, milk in there yeah. and sugar, right? So they all were like going into the fridge and like they were so annoyed, frustrated, confused when like there was no milk. And it captured all of them like mad. Oh my gosh, it's so funny because my kids get so pissed because sometimes I'll put like the milk carton back in with just like a little milk and then only one of them gets like a splash and they're so pissed. See? So this was the evidence the agency needed. So they had the idea and they had the proof, but now they needed the tagline. They kept going back to those words that were written on that foam core in the conference room, got milk. And I actually found a quote from a Fast Company article where one of the partners, Silverstein, said there was this huge fight in the agency at the time between like the creatives and the partners because at the time the partners were like older, right? Yeah. And the creatives were like, you old farts, you can't say got milk with a question mark at the end of the campaign. It doesn't make any sense. And, you know, the partners were like, no, like, we have to say it. Like, it's perfect. Yeah. And it was a total battle. And obviously they went with it, you know? Yeah. So it took some serious convincing to get the California Milk Processor Board excited about the concept. They were probably hoping for something a little more traditional, you know? Like, yeah. they probably thought that this was, like, a bit of a stretch, this whole, like, deprivation marketing strategy. But the executive director of the board was a super smart guy named Jeff Manning. And actually now he's like a marketing strategist. Okay. Like super famous. And he said that this deprivation strategy was the smartest way to go. And he argued that the Got Milk tagline made milk a brand, not just a commodity. I agree. And he was so right. So right. Yep. So everyone was on board and now it was time to make the first commercial. And this first Got Milk commercial is bold, it's original, and it still stands out in history as, like, one of the most amazing ads. Okay, I can't wait to see. And now let's make that random call with today's $10,000 question. Who shot Alexander Hamilton in that famous duel? Mm-hmm. Hello, for $10,000. Who shot? Oh, I'm sorry. Your time is up. Got milk. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Yeah, so the commercial opens with, like, what looks like a warehouse with the most random collection of collectibles. And it's quickly clear that the guy who lives in this warehouse is, like, a crazy history buff. I mean, he has, like... All of this Alexander Hamilton stuff. He has like the, the guns, the guns, the casing with the bullet that killed him, a picture of him. Like he's, um, he knows everything Alexander Hamilton. Like so, the guy is in the middle of eating a peanut butter sandwich when his like old tiny radio says, "Now is the time for our random call for one listener to win ten thousand dollars." And the question is, who shot Alexander Hamilton? And the guy is like, "Oh my god!" And his phone rings, and he's like the lucky winner. So he answers the phone and he like 
tries to say the answer, Aaron Burr, but his mouth is like stuck shut. And you see like the milk carton on the on the table. And he's like, hold on. He's like putting up his finger, pours it in his glass, and like one little drop comes out. And then he loses $10,000 because like the, the, milk the guy couldn't swallow. The guy can't understand him. And the commercial ends with this like sarcastic voice saying, got milk? You know, <laughs> it's just so funny. And the ad was quickly followed by so many other great ones. In one ad, a man fires his employee via phone, which who does that? No. I mean, and then he gets hit by a truck because clearly like he's a bad dude, right? And he wakes up in eternity, but he thinks it's heaven. So (laughs) he discovers in eternity that there's like these chocolate chip cookies that are the size of boulders, but there's a fridge full of empty milk cartons. (laughs) Oh my God. So these ads were so different from other ads of the era. They were kind of dark and weird and... They didn't even reveal the product at all until the very end of the ad. Yeah. You know what's so weird to me? Like how did, I mean, obviously like how do all these pairings are associated? Like cereal and milk, cookies and milk. Like it's so funny. You can't have one without the other. Like how did that, I guess it's routine based, but like who started it, right? And it's like everyone does it. Everyone knows it, right? You're so right. Yeah, it's so weird. Well, the point of these ads was exactly that. It was for us to imagine ourselves in these situations without milk when, like, it's all we needed. And it reminds us, like, we need milk in our lives. Yeah. So these commercials took off big time. And after the first round of commercials aired, Jeff Manning with the Milk Processing Board had a brilliant idea. And actually, this goes to what you just said. What if he licensed the Got Milk slogan to brands like Oreo and Cheerios for free. Brilliant. I mean, so brilliant. And they did it. Nabisco marketed a Got Milk Oreo with those words embossed on the iconic cookie. Girl Scout cookies came next. And even Mattel got on board with a Got Milk Barbie in 1995. Oh my God. I mean, it was everywhere. And they didn't want the money from the licensing. They wanted these brands pushing out Got Milk. It even landed the cookie monster, despite the fact that Sesame Street initially said no because they don't promote brands on the show. But Jeff argued, he was like, you've got it all wrong. He kind of lied because this is not true. You know, he's like, got milk is not a brand. It's a commodity. It's just like a category. And they were like, oh, you're right. But like he was actually trying to make got milk a brand, you know? That's so crazy. Because think about this, like if somehow there's a milk shortage or whatever, I mean, the cereal brands are screwed. Totally. Yeah. So they have to be like in bed together somehow. Yeah. So in 1994, California's milk sales increased for the first time in a decade to 755 million gallons from the previous year's 740 million gallons. Oh my gosh. So within months of launching the Got Milk campaign, these ads became insanely famous. Now, remember, this campaign was only for California. Like, we're talking only California. Of course, when Oreo and Barbie and all these brands got behind it, the campaign kind of flowed over into the, like, the country. Yeah. But this was the California campaign. That's crazy. So, the rest of the country was like, um, Kate, over here, can we we get in on this too? Like, we want to sell more milk. So, in 1995, the Milk Processor Education Board, which was the national group that represented milk processors, decided it was time to throw down for their own national campaign because they were seeing the success of California and they're like, well, shit, we got to do something too, you know? 
but they didn't own Got Milk. California California. Yeah. So they had an $80 million budget for the country. Country. Okay. So they hired another agency that we've talked about before, Bazell, and they ended up creating the Milk Mustache campaign. Okay. Uh So they didn't originally create the Milk Mustache. The, The first agency did not. Bazell did for the nationwide group. So this was the nationwide effort that launched in 1995 with the first ad featuring Naomi Campbell, but they used the tagline, milk, what a surprise, with an exclamation point. Yeah. Doesn't quite have the same ring, does it? No. No. It was a smart concept, though, like the way they put it together. So like they would have a celebrity, and then they would have a short paragraph that would tie why milk was important to the celebrity. So the paragraph under Naomi Campbell's like ad said, You're probably going to hate me, but I've never dieted a day in my life. Being so busy, I usually just grab something really quick, which is why I love milk. 1% low fat. With all the same nutrients as whole milk, it's just what my body needs. Well, that and a closet full of ultra short, super tight little black dresses. Oh my God. (laughs) Then it ends with milk. What a surprise. So interesting. Yeah. The goal of the National Milk Processor Group was to put like the fun, like the pep, Back in milk, although I don't know if it was ever peppy and fun before. No, I don't but think so. But who knows? They wanted to educate consumers about its benefits. Again, research was showing on a national level that kids were seeing milk as boring. Like it was an obligation and they were like over uh, it, you know? Kind of like a vegetable. Totally. Yeah. So the milk mustache campaign was meant to make milk fun and interesting. And they paid a ton of money to get celebs on board. But the tagline fell short. Yeah. They needed got milk. So, to accompany this new milk mustache concept, they ended up licensing the Got Milk tagline from the- uh, California. California, yeah. So, suddenly, both the campaigns merged, and, like, that's where it became ultra famous. Awesome. Yeah. So, the Got Milk campaign totally took off nationally, and now the campaign, like, had Boku bucks, you know, because, like, it was national. It wasn't just California. So they started playing off pop culture in a huge way to make it relevant and appealing to all generations. No icon was left untouched. The ads featured actors, musicians, politicians, cartoon characters, athletes, and more. There was one catch, though, to be in the ad. Do you know what that was? What? You had to actually drink milk. Drink milk. Oh, smart. They wanted it to be authentic. So, and also, like, being in these ads didn't pay very much. They only paid 25 grand, like, flat, no matter who you were. And they got huge celebs. Because the celebs were, like, they they were asking to be a part of it. So most of the celebs would just donate that money to charity because, like, it was chump chains to them. Yeah. But, like, there was a list of people wanting to do it because it was so iconic. Actually, Whoopi Goldberg wanted to be in the campaign so bad, but she was lactose intolerant. So she couldn't so do it. So she couldn't, but... The minute that Got Milk campaign decided they were going to market a lactose-free milk, they called her first, and she was in it. Oh, my God. So for two decades, Got Milk dominated. I mean, more than 70 commercials ran in California alone, and over 350 milk mustache ads ran nationally in print and on TV. Wow. I know. And some of the ads were a little bit questionable. Not everyone loved them. Former California Governor Gray Davis hated one ad so much that he asked it to be removed from the air. Drink your milk, kids. I don't want milk. Milk's for babies. Yeah, babies. Well, yeah? Well, I happen to know that milk helps build strong bones. So drink up. 
Well, Mr. Miller told me he never drinks milk. Look at him. Yeah. Hi, kids. Oh, that's not good. Got milk. Why would they want that taken off the air? Well, that's let hilarious. Me, let me explain it. So, like, this ad features two kids who like, refuse to drink milk, which you heard. And they tell their mom, like, that their old next-door neighbor, Mr. Miller, like, he doesn't drink milk. Like, why should we? And they see Mr. Miller, like, using his wheelbarrow to, like, do yard work. And suddenly his arms rip off. <laughs> and, like, he's like, oh, that's not good. And the kids... Everyone freaks out, and, you start and they all start it. chugging milk. It's it's like funny, you know. I mean, it's hilarious. I know, but not I everyone th- liked it. So, oh, I use scare tactics like that all the time. I show my kids zombie teeth if they don't brush their teeth. I mean, I took that from you, but that's is like that the not time bad? that I got my oldest off of a pacifier <laughs> when she was almost three, because my like second kid was be born, and I was like, "You're not still gonna have this damn thing." So I showed her a picture of like. <laughs> Buck teeth? A, no, a really creepy lady with like her teeth all like a meth a meth head. Oh she my didn't God. know that it was a meth head, but like her teeth were all rotted out. And Madison literally took the pacifier out of her mouth, dropped it on the ground, and never used it again. Oh my God. I Brilliant. I know. But regardless of like whether you loved it or you hated it, this campaign won tons of awards. And more than that, like I told you before, it reached almost everyone in the U.S. Like at some point, 90% of people had seen the ad. Oh my God. It was copied. It was parodied. It was a cultural phenomena, you know? Yeah. But in 2014, the national group decided to stop licensing Got Milk because the Milk Mustache campaign just like didn't seem to be working anymore. I mean, after a while, things do kind of get stale. And they were finding that it didn't influence long-term behavior, but California was still continuing to use it. Okay. The reality is that consumer behavior was just changing. And despite the fact that Got Milk was like memorable and iconic, it wasn't changing behavior enough to like turn around declining sales, you know? But if 2020 taught us anything, Alexis, it's that you never know what's coming until it hits you in the face. (laughs) (laughs) So Got Milk is back. And it's back because the pandemic caused the first real resurgence of milk sales in a long time. Despite milk consumption declining for the past few years, 94% of people still consider milk a household staple. And when the lockdown began, people were eating meals in their homes versus going out. So they were using more milk. Kids love cereal. Like last night, Caden had dinner, had Taco Bell, then before he went to bed, had cereal. Like, I feel like kids can eat cereal like six times a day. I mean, I can. So crazy. I totally can too. Oh my God. I love it. I don't, but I can. Yeah. So for the first 20-week period of the pandemic, sale of like cow's milk totaled $4.5 And that was an increase of 11.7% from the comparable period in 2019. Oh my gosh. And so by the end of 2020, we saw milk sales up 2.1% total in the US, which was a big jump for them. Yeah. So they figured now was the time to jump on it, but they weren't going to do the same old got milk campaign of the past. They weren't going to use traditional famous people. No. They decided it was TikTok and YouTube and the mustaches were a thing of the past. So the new campaign is for this social first generation, and it's once again being pushed out nationally by the Milk Processor Education Program, 
So the ads show user-generated social media videos of like everyday people and some famous people using milk in creative ways. The Got Milk like TikTok challenge. Okay. I don't know if you've seen it. No. Okay. Caden's going to for sure want to do it. It was first started by Olympic swimmer Katie Ledecky, who did the Got Milk challenge when she balanced a glass of chocolate milk on her head while swimming the length of an Olympic-sized pool. Of course, like, this was an app. Like, she was a paid, you know, partner for Got Milk to do it. But the whole campaign took off from there. I mean, there are nearly 3,000 videos featuring the Got Milk Challenge. And there's, like, a custom Got Milk Challenge song. All right. Style milk. Start your day. Body fuel. Time to play. Drinking it after class milk. Three to one. Blast milk. Full of calcium milk. Make it number one milk. Twist milk. Tough milk. Howdy do. What up, milk? Sit milk. Stop milk. Question. Got milk? Oh, my gosh. Isn't that cool? Um, there's also one featuring Jason Derulo because, I mean, how can you be on have, TikTok without on. having Jason Derulo? And he uses his own song, but it's like total TikTok gold. We don't need no dance floor. Let me see your best move. Anything could happen ever since I met you. No need to imagine. Baby, all I'm asking is let me take you dancing. He pours a glass of milk. And the milk flows into the air and creates, like, some cute little milk creature. Like, and it's almost like he's hallucinating. Oh, my God. And Jason's, like, shocked. But then what do you think he does? Just busts out in song. He gets up and does a TikTok dance with the milk creature next to him. They both are dancing. It's so random. I need to look at this. But, Alexis, when the restrictions began loosening around the country and people went back to their old norms, what do you think happened to milk sales? They declined. They went right back to their old habits. They started declining. So now it's 2021, and we're back in California where it all began. And the California Milk Processor Board, they were the original creators of Got Milk, remember? Uh They're like back at it looking to turn around sales. And they're blaming cancel culture on the reason that Californians are not drinking as much milk. Because, you know, a lot of trends start in California – and, like, the world is moving towards plant-based. And I was like, going to say, like, you know. it's, I was questioning. I feel like so many people are plant-based, almond milk, oat milk, all this bleh, fancy totally, stuff. Totally, And milk is not a part, like, at least cow's milk is not, does not play in that space. So in their latest campaign, they call out the fact that consumers are questioning the benefits of milk and its nutritional value. And they're exploring how people react when the most wholesome and good things in life are thrown into question. So the board is no, actually no longer working with that original agency, which I was surprised about. Yeah. Um, Goodby, Silverstein, and Partners. Now they're working with an agency I had never heard of. It's Galagos United plus Rocks United. And I guess they're all part of the United Collective. Okay. Uh, but the campaign was created to put doubt in the minds of people about everything they've been told or trusted. And milk is something that humankind has trusted for the last 7,000 years. Oh my gosh, 7,000. Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So the campaign is called Never Doubt What You Love, and it features a series of humorous spots and social plays where they ask questions like man on the street style about canceling some of the most wholesome things in society, like grandmas. (laughs) Like the campaign actually features Brian Baumgartner. He's the actor and comedian who plays Kevin in The Office. Okay. Okay. And there's one in which Brian is saying, he's like, grandmas are evil. (laughs) <laughs> and people are like, uh, I'm going to need proof of that. Like, you know, to, in reaction, like they're like, what? what? And then another one, <laughs> I'll play it for you. 
Disinformation is everywhere these days. Bird watching is an invasion of bird privacy. An invasion of privacy for the birds? For the birds. Um. They don't give us privacy. <gasps> Isn't that funny? <laughs> I mean, he's like, like bird watching is an invasion of bird privacy. And people are like, what? <laughs> like, I mean, it kind of is. Doesn't even make sense. <laughs> But the campaign is aimed at millennial parents across California with a focus on multicultural and Hispanic consumers. So along with the ads, they are pushing this campaign like super hard on social media. They're doing out of home and they're using PR and influencers. So they're really going all out. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. I know. So I don't know, Lex, the jury's out if any campaign can really turn around like cow milk sales like this day and age in a world where like our eating habits have just drastically evolved. But there is no doubt in my mind that the Got Milk campaign still stands out as one of the smartest, most memorable, most iconic campaigns in my lifetime so far. I agree. Yeah. That's awesome. I do think it's it's going to be a challenge for them. I mean, especially in California, because that's what you said. All the like hippy-dippy, wacky stuff starts there. Yeah, totally. And I can say that because I'm from California. But so I, feel, I, I know you can. <laughs> I feel like everything goes in cycles. So maybe this plant-based thing, I mean, it is supposedly a lot healthier, but... I mean, in 20 years from now, will it still be a thing? I mean, remember when like the Atkins or what was Atkins Atkins diet, then South Beach diet, and then the, I mean, there's so many different things and like everyone has a theory to support any fad. So I don't know. I think milk does a body good and I want my kids to keep drinking milk because I feel like it does work. It's what we've been told. I mean, (laughs) we might be brainwashed, but call us brainwashed, but whatever. Whatever. We buy into it. So... I'm going to share a few of my sources. Fast Company had an awesome, like super detailed article about the 25th anniversary of the Got Milk campaign by Matthew Dadana from 2018. I also read an article on CNN about the new Got Milk campaigns, and it was by Alicia Wallace, and that was from August 2020. And then AEF.com had an awesome, like super detailed case study about Got Milk with so many stats. And I read all about the new 2021 California milk campaign on Media Post in an article by Lori Sullivan from August of this year. And then, of course, Got Milk on Wikipedia was like the perfect place place. just to triple check everything. Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. And please, please, please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. And if you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we would really, really appreciate it because the more reviews, the more we show up. And the more people find us. And more fun. We just, we like when people find us. It's (laughs) fun. We like new friends. New friends. Love it. Bye. Bye.